It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, Syracuse cornerback Ifatu Melifanwu joins us to talk about his journey at Syracuse, life as a student athlete, to talk about the pre-draft process, his training, where he sees himself in the NFL, and what it would mean to be a member of the Green Bay Packers. That interview coming up in just a little bit. I want to start with an article Pete Doherty did for Packers News. And this was something that I had been thinking about as I was putting together my own boards and things of that nature. That what if what if Jordan Love were in this class? Where would he be? And what Pete Doherty did was rather than, you know, just sort of speculate wildly, he asked some NFL scouts. And what they said, and there were there were mixed reviews on this. Um, he talked to a couple guys who liked Jordan Love pre-draft. Um, and and liked him to various degrees, you know, all the way from, okay, yeah, he was probably a top 15 player to eh, first, second round borderline kind of guy, which, by the way, is where he went. The consensus is that he is in the mix with these top quarterbacks. And some said, oh, he's he would be quarterback three in this draft. You know, he would be, you know, you take Trevor Lawrence and and Zach Wilson out of it. I've said Kyle Wilson about a hundred times during the pre-draft process. Uh, you take those two guys, and Love is right there with Fields and Lance. And then, you know, the other the other end of the spectrum was okay, well, he would be QB six, but still a first round kind of guy after Lance Fields, those top two guys, and Mac Jones. And there are, you know, reasons that he's a very different player, Jordan Love is, from Mac Jones. Mac Jones um, actually played fewer games in his career than, than Jordan Love. He had a much better infrastructure. It would be fascinating to see what Jordan Love would have looked like behind an Alabama offensive line throwing to Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddell. And, you know, he's got Najee Harris in the backfield, all that stuff. He didn't have that his last year at Utah State. And it's been said before, and it's worth saying again, that if you just took 
the one year of Trey Lance and compared it to the one year of Jordan Love, the first year of Jordan Love, pretty comparable players in terms of their, you know, they're young. Trey Lance was 19. Jordan Love was 20. Um, they were incredibly efficient, uh, in, you know, physical tools for days. And Trey Lance didn't get the opportunity to make the mistakes that Jordan Love did. If Jordan Love comes out after that spectacular redshirt sophomore season, he might have been a top 10 pick, a top 15 pick. But instead, he comes back and all of the uncertainty around him. So this is an, an interesting exercise for this reason. I believe, yes, it is the case that the Packers really, really liked Jordan Love. They also believed, and this is me saying I think they believed, I believed they believed a lot of thinking and believing, that when they saw Jordan Love, they thought, okay, given Aaron Rodgers' level of play, even with you know some of the drop-off that had been showing up before this past season, this Packers team is going to pick between 22 and 32 until Aaron Rodgers is gone. They are not going to be in a position to draft a top-tier quarterback talent. And so if you get a chance to draft someone with a bunch of tools, you do it. And the consensus at the time was, well, he's not worth it. And why did they do this? And blah, blah, blah. Well, if NFL scouts are saying, well, he would be on par with Trey Lance and Mac Jones and Justin Fields, those guys are going to go in the top 10. I mean, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, one of those guys is going at three. And it could be the case that two of them go three, four. And and I don't think it's crazy to think, again, we're thinking a lot. I don't think it's crazy to think that there could be five in the top 10. And that would be historic. But it's not crazy. And yet, it was crazy to take Jordan Love at 26. If scouts think that he is on par with those guys, and those guys are going to go in the top 10, then what Green Bay did by a process standpoint to, if if it is the case that they believed, we're just never going to get the chance to take a guy with this kind of tools, this kind of talent in, under normal circumstances. If it all it takes is a fourth round pick to go up and get him, then we're going to do that. If that's the thought process, I think this draft validates that. If we also assume that a lot of other teams would have had Jordan Love as a top 10 pick, if we assume that that would have been the case. Now, I don't, it wouldn't have changed a ton for me, but if you look at this draft, you know, I have Mac Jones in the top 20. Jordan Love is more talented than Mac Jones. Mac Jones is more consistent. He is more consistently accurate with ball placement. But he's not the athlete Jordan Love is. He doesn't have the high-end arm talent that Jordan Love does. Trey Lance does. Justin Fields does. And Justin Fields has more experience. He's faced more high-level competition. He's proven it on the big stage. You know who hasn't? Trey Lance. You know who might be the third overall pick in the draft? Trey Lance. And I love Trey Lance. And maybe I'm just a sucker for these types. 
right? Maybe I just fall in love with the talent and I don't see the deficiencies. I'm willing to accept that that might be true. But I love Trey Lance. Trey Lance is what Jordan Love should have been. What Jordan Love might have been if he comes out earlier than he did. And who knows? The one game Trey Lance played in 2020, he was not a sparkling passer. Inconsistent in the pocket. Not great pocket awareness. Had the fumble. Had uh, at least one interception dropped. He didn't play great. And he didn't play great against, you know, not great competition. So if he's going to be a top five pick, a top 10 pick, a top 15 pick, it's really not that crazy that Jordan Love was. And this is not even about justification. This is about context. Because I don't need to justify what the Packers did to put it in context. I just want to put it in context. I'm I'm giving you the information from these scouts, from the guys who do this for a living. And they say... At least the guys that 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 Pete Doherty talked to said, hey, we think he's in the mix with some of these guys. That's where they maybe QB3, maybe QB4, maybe QB5, maybe QB6, but in the mix with these guys who are all going to go in the top 20. If that is true, then what Green Bay did is not only not crazy, it is reasonable. Now, you could make the case, okay, Jordan Love, he needed to stay another year. And, you know, now he comes out. He could have been, he could have been QB three in this draft, QB two even. I mean, he has the kind of arm talent that Kyle Wilson has. The off-platform stuff. He just wasn't as efficient at Utah State as as Wilson was. Zach Wilson. God, I'm gonna get it right one of these times. Zach Wilson. His name is Zach. Zach Morris. Zach Wilson, timeout. I should be able to remember this. That's my mnemonic from now on. He could have been that guy. He could have been the surprise top five pick. But he wasn't because he didn't have that follow-up season to his breakout season. In fact, he had the opposite. So again, this is not to justify what the Packers did with Jordan Love. It is just to put it into context. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. It is low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. And we are doing Built Bar Madness right now. We are taking submissions for your favorite Built Bar. Go to built underscore bar or go to builtbar.com and let your voice be heard and while you're at it use the promo code lock 15 to get 15 percent off your next order that's locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won the matchups and who is crowned the ultimate built bar the best tasting protein bar ever david harrison here the locked on washington football team podcast celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's 
killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed-coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store all right let's get to my conversation with ifatu melifanwu he is a cornerback from Syracuse University, my alma mater. He is a potential first-round pick, someone I think the Packers will not only be interested in, but could possibly draft. And so I, I wanted to pick his brain a little bit, figure out you know what he's about, what he could bring to the team, and he absolutely delivers in the interview. Check it out. Ifanti, thanks for coming on Locked on Packers. I, I want to get into your journey through the draft process and, and what you can be as an NFL player. But I want to start uh, a little before that, because I don't think a lot of fans understand what it takes to be a student athlete. Can you can you walk me through what a normal day during the season, maybe maybe first non-pandemic, but but I do want to hear about how things might be a little different in a pandemic season. What's just a normal you know, everything is normal, non-pandemic COVID uh, day look like for you? Yeah, a normal day when I was, you know, when I was at school would be workouts would be at like 7 a.m., maybe 7.15 around there. Um, You know, workouts would be like, a, like an hour, maybe hour and a half max. Um, Then you would have to shower, there's breakfast at the facility, breakfast and like lunch at the facility. Um. Then obviously we have class and now with class, you have like four classes a day, maybe three classes a day. Um, then right after that, for us, we have practice, we have practice in the evening. So we have practice, uh, we had to come back to like two fifteen for special teams meeting, you know, had, the, had that meeting, then had position meetings. Then we had practice, practice was at like four, four to like six thirty around then and then after you know shower and then you're you're pretty much done for the day but when you get back home you still got you still got homework to do um so you still got to do homework you know maybe watch some film on your own and then like the next day it pretty much repeats itself and you're did i read right you're an economics major yeah what are your what are your goals beyond football you know after after the fact yeah, so after football, I definitely want to use my major. I'm thinking of be, becoming a, like a financial advisor for, you know, professional athletes or something along the lines of that. So how did how did everything change this last year when you have, you know, protocols and, and health and safety and all those things? So so how it changed was um, like almost all my classes went to online. Uh, I think I had one class that was in class, but he gave us the option. So after the first day, after the first day, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do it online. So, I mean, it's really the same schedule, except you're not actually having to catch the bus and, you know, you know, going to class. So you're just going home and just doing it on your laptop or iPad. So in terms of that, it was pretty much the same, but I feel like for me, 
it probably made class a little bit easier to be honest. Why? I don't know. Just, just doing it. It being online, you were, you get set the PowerPoints and everything. Um, I don't know. It really kind of just made it easier for me. Uh, but now I have everything electronically. Um, I didn't really need to write too much stuff down. Uh, just things like that. It was just easier. In some ways, it might set you up well for what you'll have to do this spring once you get to a team, because a lot of that stuff is probably still going to be online too, right? Yeah, um, I'm not sure exactly how it's going to be, but pretty sure the meetings and stuff will, will be online as well. So what was your recruitment like? What? Why did you ultimately choose Syracuse? Yeah, so my recruitment, my top three schools when I committed to Syracuse was Syracuse, BC, UConn. Um, at the time, you know, BC, it was close to homes, like 30, it's only like 35 minutes. And I kind of wanted to go somewhere else and set my, my own path and just be out of state. Um, UConn, I didn't want to, you know, follow my brother's footsteps. I didn't want to be in the shadow, go to the same school with the same staff. So Syracuse was just like the perfect fit for me. I liked the coaches there. Um, I got close with my recruiting, uh, the dudes in my recruiting class. And I actually got close with the dudes already there. Um, and I got Michigan. I actually got Michigan offer like five days before signing day. But by then it was kind of just too late. It was too late for me. What is, what is coach Babers like in, in person to, to have just like day to day? Cause he seems like he is just a ball of energy. Yeah. Yeah. No, he definitely has a lot of energy. Um, you know, he's always joking, laughing. Sometimes he'll just walk in the, the locker room, sit with dudes, make jokes and like, will be like, he'll come in the training room, same thing in the hot tub and everything. So definitely, definitely a lot of energy. Definitely uh, like the dude to be around. How do you feel like your game changed from when you got on campus? What was the biggest adjustment? Just, Hey, this is D one football. We're not in high school anymore. Um, biggest adjustment was, was like, I would say mentally at first it was mentally just learning different coverages because I came from a small school. We didn't really, you know, have a defensive playbook or, you know, things like that. No, I have to have a lot of coverages. We played like two coverages, man, and just cover three bail. Um, so just learning the terminology of things, just offensive formations, you know, defensive coverages and all that different terminology mentally. And then after that, it was mostly just, you know, uh, just learning more and more technique. I feel like in high school, I was just, I didn't really have that, that much technique. I was playing off athleticism, but then when I got to college, that's when I got more and more technique every year. Who's the better athlete, you or your brother? Um, I got to say him just because, just because if you look at his combine numbers, you look at my pro day numbers, you know, he, he beat me and everything. So, yeah, I got to say him. Not, not by, He didn't beat me by much, but he beat me in everything. So I got to give it to him. It's hard to be in the 99th percentile of like the jumps and still lose to your brother. That's got to just be. Because yeah. <laughs> um, like my, my goals going in were to beat him and I didn't do that, but my numbers are still like crazy good. So I'm, still, I'm satisfied at the end of the day. What are the questions that, that you're getting from teams in these meetings about like, um, you know, where you think you can take your game? What, what are they asking you about your game uh, specifically? Um, obviously, they, you know, they ask everyone this, you know, your strengths, weaknesses, 
they asked me um, if I've, I've ever played safety, if I'd be willing to play safety. Um, where do I, you know, where do I, where do I see myself playing uh, in the NFL? Like, where do I see myself starting at, starting out as in the NFL? What position? And um, why do you think they're asking you to play safety? Um, I, I would say just because my size and and I can tackle as well. Um, like I'm definitely a willing tackler, and I like I like tackling. So, and I have the size for it. So. That's probably why they're asking. I don't think a team is really – no one straight up asked me, oh, we want you to play safety. They just asked, asked me if I have and I if I would be willing to – if the dudes have to move around if I think I need there. So when I, when I watch you, I see a guy who has the size that you want, the athleticism, definitely the straight-line athleticism, crazy burst. I see someone who competes as a tackler who wants to contest every ball in his area and who plays with an edge. So why do you think you aren't in the, every mock draft in the first round? Cause I see a first round guy on tape. Why do you think you're not viewed that way? Um, I feel like, I feel like some of the, some of the mock drafts have to do with just like, you know, the, the mock drafts aren't really, they're not really getting in the minds of you don't really know the minds of GMs and head coaches and stuff like that. So a lot, a lot of times, a lot of that stuff is just speculation. Um, and I feel like maybe just coming from a smaller school, I mean, it's still ACC, not a smaller school, but just not one of those top schools like Alabama, Clemson, you know, you know, schools like SEC schools like that. So maybe that plays a, a part into it. But like I said, um, I feel like, you know, scout GMs, head coaches, you know, they do their due diligence and some of those mock drafts don't really ref reflect what they have in mind and stuff. You mentioned um, when you did your your interviews for your, your pro day that um, you guys mixed up some coverages this past season. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your, your evolution there? Cause it seems like, you know, you, you have some experiences in a couple of different kinds of coverage schemes. Yeah. So my first three years, I read, well, I registered in 2017, but 2018, 2019, we had coach Ward as a defensive coordinator. Um, and we ran a, a four, three and we ran, we ran a lot of man and a lot of, a lot of cover three. Um, but with this new new DC coach White, it was a it was a three three five, but really like a, a four two because you know the Sam would always drop down. And I'd be an edge rusher. So with that, we ran we ran a lot of man as well, but we ran a lot of cloud, which was just for us. It was cover three on one side, cover two on the other, um, and we we ran a lot of cover two as well. Towards the end of the year, we ran we was running a lot of cover three. So I feel like. This year, we probably ran a little more zone, but we still played a lot of man now as well. Like, it wasn't just – we played – because because before, it was heavy, heavy, heavy man with uh, with Coach Ward. So now, it was like more of a mix. Do you think one or the other plays more to your strengths? Because I know every corner wants to say, I can play man – I can, I can play press man. That's like the, that's like the, the goal, right. Is to say, yeah, I'm a man corner. No one wants to be labeled zone corner. There's sort of a derogatory idea to that, which by the way, I don't get, but do you, do you think you have a, a better fit? 
to be uh, I, I, don't, I don't think I have a, a better fit. I think I do both well, and I'm not really – I don't want to be labeled as a man corner or a zone corner. I want to be labeled as an all-around corner. Because like I said, like with the just having two different DCs and playing in two different uh, schemes, I've done both for a long time, and I've, I've been comfortable with both and made plays in both. So I like to say like I'm a, like an all-around all around corner man zone and they've tackling as well. Are there things now? I mean, you did your pro day testing. So between now and the draft, how are you finding ways to get better? Yeah. So I'm still after my pro day, I went right back to my, my training facility in uh, Tampa with Joe Murphy. So I'm still, I'm still working here. I'm still doing workouts here and still with the DB coach doing workouts on the field as well. So it's not just, you know, pro day. It wasn't just the last draw for me. I went, I went straight back, straight back to the training facility. I'm just continuing to do the stuff I was doing before. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing burps. I'm not doing 40 starts and all that stuff, but I'm still doing stuff in the gym and still doing football stuff on the field. Is there, is there something that you feel like, okay, I, I'm going to go into my rookie season and I have to prove this? Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think there's anything really I have to prove. If there was one thing I had to prove even before the season started was just I could run fast because I think a lot of scouts and teams thought I was going to run in the four fives. Um, and that would have probably moved me to to uh, um, to safety if I was running other than four fives. But I ran in the four fours um, both my runs, so I feel like if there's anything I proved it's that I'm you know fast enough to to actually play corner. It seems like you you if you had your your pick you would play corner. Yeah, I, I would I would play corner because just in college I, I always play corner. I didn't play safety in in, in college, but. But that being said, I'm still um, – I wouldn't mind, you know, playing safety or nickel or whatever if I got moved to any of those positions. I have no problem with it. You think you could play nickel? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, I think you can too. I, I, I'm, I'm looking at, at you – you know, I'm, I'm thinking of a play um, against Clemson and you ran step for step down the field and created an interception for the safety Andre Sisco. Uh-huh. Oh, um, North Carolina. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. North Carolina against Diami Brown. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Can you just tell me about that play? Do you remember it? Yeah, no, I remember it exactly. Um, I was, I was on the right side. I was like corner. I was pressed, um, you know, motored out, did my press technique and you ran a deep post and I was, I was, you know, staying on the upfield shoulder and I was step for step with him. Um, in hindsight, I probably could have undercut it just knowing that I have a post safety. Um, so, but Dre made a good play. Uh, Dre was over top. He made a good play undercutting it. Um, you know, set up the pick for him. If he didn't undercut, it was going to be a PBU regardless, but, uh, he made a good play on that. If you were going to put together a system that was meant to maximize your abilities, uh, as much as possible, is there one out there? What, I mean, what do you think that would look like? Um, I don't know. I don't know if there, there would be one out there. Maybe just a mix of man. And like I said, I played a lot of different things. So maybe a mix of man and cover two as well. 
we played we played a lot of cover two this last year, so um maybe man cover two, some cloud, like cover three on one side, cover two on the other. See, this is why. This is why I think you're a good fit in Green Bay because Joe Barry wants to run Brandon Staley's defense, which is Vic Fangio's defense. A ton mm-hmm. of cover, a ton of cover four, a ton of cover yeah. three, yeah, a ton of cover two. They mix coverages so much, and I think I think a system like that that mixes coverages, I think that's that's the place where where you could really thrive because you can you can do so much. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I said, like I said, I've done all that cover four. We even did cover four in 2019 and a little bit of 2018. So I made I made plays. I made plays a couple of plays uh, versus UNC in cover four. Um, I had a PB on an Iowa map in cover four versus Clemson. Um, so I'm comfortable playing all those cover four, cover three, cover two. Man, I'm really comfortable with all all of those coverages. Do you know? I mean, this is a Packers podcast. Do, what do you What do you know about about Green Bay? About Green Bay's defense? About your your conversations with them? You You said you met with them at the Senior Bowl, right? Yeah, I met with them at the Senior Bowl. Um, what do I know about them? A great organization. Um, you know, contender every year, and you know, making playoffs and everything like that. And they got dogs in their secondary: uh, Savage, Jair. Um, all those dudes, good players. Like, I, like even when I was younger, I was watching Kevin King just because he's a bigger corner. So I like watching bigger corners. So I, I, I've seen his, um, you know, college tape and seen it, his tape at, uh, you know, Green Bay and stuff. But I just know there's really good, really good secondary as well. Who did you get to talk to at the Senior Bowl? I I really can't even remember. It was it was. There was a couple people there, but I think it was just scouts. I don't know if it was any coaches, but it was, um, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a long time. So I can't really remember. Yeah, that's right. You said you did some sort of evaluation for them. What was that? Oh, it was just like, um, kind of not personality, but like, um, uh, what is it called? Like, you know, IQ type of assessment. Not like if you were a tree, what kind of tree you would be or some weird stuff like that. Cause I know that there are some, some people, some teams do stuff like that. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't anything weird like that, but it's one of those, it's like, I think it was one of those assessments, like, you know, pick, take the statement that um, mostly uh, resembles you or sounds most mm-hmm. like you in a, in a certain situation. And they would just give a bunch of different situations. And after they would do like problem solving, uh, questions and questions with different shapes and numbers and stuff like that. All right. I'm going to, I want to end on this. Um, if, if you know, wherever you get picked. Yeah. Are you the kind of guy who is going to look at either the teams or the guys, the teams that pass on you and the guys that go ahead of you and use that to motivate you? Are you that kind of, cause not everyone is, and that's okay. I'm just wondering if that yeah, is your yeah. personality. Um, I don't think it would be, I don't think so much the, the guys, I would, you know, use the guys that want to against me as motivation uh, in front of me. Maybe, maybe the teams, but I feel like overall, that's not even really my personality. Once, you know, once I get picked, I'm locked and loaded on, you know, you know, learning that team and the, the scheme and getting familiar with everything. And uh, so I don't think I'll really be too much focused on, you know, who passed on me or who went before me. But if I had to, you know, use one of those as motivation, it would be the teams, not, not really the players.
if you did go to Green Bay on the on the first rep in training camp and and one seven goes out there, are you trying to hop out and be and be the guy covering him? Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I've watched I've seen a I've watched, um, you know, there's things on YouTube like wide receiver versus DB matchups, and obviously he's he has like the best releases. So I would definitely want to go. You always want to go against the best dude, and you know, to get you better every day. So I would definitely want to go against him. I love it, Fatu. This was great, man. I appreciate it. Best of luck, um, and, and hopefully, if you if you do go to Green Bay, we can we can talk again. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, I want to thank Ifatu for joining the show. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA is here. College basketball is winding down, which means the NHL is in full swing. Major League Baseball is all the rage coming up here shortly. Uh, that'll kick off before you know it. First pitch, kick off, whatever, pick a metaphor. Uh, Bet Online has you covered for everything that you need for every sport that you're interested in. Go to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. That's right, you put money in. Use the promo code and they'll match it up to 50% when you use that promo code. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on to get that 50% welcome bonus. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there. Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season long wins without the season long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. Great week of shows. Great week of interviews. Uh, Maybe we can get some more. Maybe we can get some more. We'll see. We will see. I'm trying to get some things worked out. So we'll see what we can get worked out here as we move forward. A lot of cornerback talk. And uh, that's for a reason. Obviously, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775. Stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.